Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known. Well, there's a few that are going to go for worship this morning, all right? That great theologian, uh, Dr. Seuss, he wrote a poem some time ago entitled The Zode in the Road. And Skip, you can put up the picture. The poem is about a young zode, whatever that is, and he comes to a fork in the road, and he spends quite some time trying to figure out which way he should go. He thinks about all of the possibilities. If he chooses, for example, the high road, it's not only high, but it could be quite hot. If he, on the other hand, chooses a low road, it's not only low, but it could be quite cool. And so after scratching his head in indecision, the zode finally decides he's going to play it safe, and he starts off for both places at once, which effectively means that he got nowhere. You know, the reality is each one of us is making decisions. Each one of us is making choices. What choices are you making? Have you even thought about the choices of the decisions that you make? Because the truth of the matter is the decisions that you make ultimately will determine your destiny. The Apostle Paul writes these powerful words in the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verses 4 and 5. Skip, can you put those up? He says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon or better yet, the Lord is near. Now, I want to start out by asking you a question. How many here would honestly say that they're born again, that you would seriously know in your heart of hearts that you're born again, that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Raise them high. Just raise them high. Cameras are getting all those. All right. This is good. This is good. Do you know what Paul is saying to you this morning? He is saying, now listen to what he's saying. It's because it's powerful. He's saying, you can choose joy. You can choose. In fact, it's in the imperative. this, This blew my mind. It's in the imperative. He said, you must have joy. So if you are a believer and you're walking around looking like you've been sucking on lemons or looking like this, Skip, can you put up the picture? <laughs> now see, if you're walking around, you say you're a Christian and, 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 and you look like that, you know, uh, think about this. Can you imagine if you look like that and you come running up to somebody and saying, you know, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and he can change your life. Do you, do you imagine the person's going to jump and say, Fantastic. You have just what I've been looking for. Sign me up. 
No, he's, he, the, the person's not going to look like, I don't need that. I don't want that. You see, I want you to understand, and Paul wants us to understand this morning, joy is not optional. Joy is simply not optional for the believer. It not only gives you life, but it gives life to those that are around us. And Now, I, I can hear some of you say, you know, wow, Pastor, you don't understand my circumstances. And you know what? You're right. I don't know your circumstances this morning. But that's just the point. Joy is not predicated on your circumstances. Joy is not predicated on your circumstances. Now, this is a great problem, though, that most people have. In fact, for example, Webster's Dictionary, Skip, put it up. Now, according to Mr. Webster, listen to this. He says, joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. So what Mr. Webster is really saying is he's saying that joy is tied to favorable circumstances. Joy is tied to favorable circumstances. Most people believe this. But what Mr. Webster just gave us is the definition for happiness. You see, happiness is externally driven. Joy is internally driven. And sadly, I want you to know, most people in this world only experience happiness They never really experience joy. You know, when my children were young, their favorite restaurant to go to was McDonald's, and they would always order the Happy Meal. And of course, if you're a parent, the problem with the Happy Meal is the happy wears off in five minutes or so, right? But you know what? We adults really aren't that much different. We like our Happy Meals. They're just adult-sized Happy Meals. And see, we, we look at the boob tube, you know, the zombie tube. It's got the, you know, things from Madison Avenue, the, the commercials. And the commercials always tell you, see, here it is. You're just one thing away from happiness. You're just one dress, women, one dress away from happiness. Men, you're just that one car away from happiness. Or you're just that one plastic surgery away from happiness. Or you're just that one beer away from happiness. Or you're just that one home away from happiness. Or, you know, better yet, maybe you should trade in your old model spouse to get a new model. And then you'll really be happy, right? You'll be in Happyville, USA. And the problem with the adult-sized Happy Meals is they're no different than the McDonald's Happy Meals. Because guess what? The happiness is always fleeting. And then you know what we do? We turn to Happy Pills. Prozac. Zoloft, Cymbalta, and then, or various, you know, pain prescriptions that are going to make us happy. And then we find ourselves what? Addicted. Addicted. You see, happiness is always fleeting, but joy is forever. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is forever. And one of the great lies of the American church, one of the great lies that preachers tell you now, because they want you in the seat, is they say that God wants you happy. There is not, I want you to understand, that is a lie from the pit of hell. There's not one iota of scripture that tells you that God wants you happy. We live in a fallen world, and guess what? Circumstances are not always going to go your way. Circumstances are not always going to go my way. But one thing God does promise is joy. And in fact, Paul this morning is talking about joy. Do you realize that the apostles Paul spent one-third of his adult life in prison? One-third of his adult life was spent in prison. In fact, when he wrote the letter, Philippians, he was in jail. He was in a Roman jail. 
And in fact, when he first visited Philippi and began evangelizing Philippi, this is what happened to him. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 16, and we'll pick it up at verse 16. It says this, One day as we, the we would be Paul, the we would also include Silas and Dr. Luke, for certain, who wrote the book of Acts, we were going down to the place of prayer. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. That spirit, by the way, that this girl had was sadly a demon. And this is why you see in the Old Testament, God forbid you to go to a fortune teller. Because, now, hear me out on this. The vast majority of fortune tellers, at least nowadays, are just shams. But about 6 to 10% of them are legitimate. And if they're legitimate, it means they have a demon. And demons have some ability to be able to tell you what the future is. Not with total accuracy, but they can do that. And notice this, it says that she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. And in other words, she really did have a demon. And therefore, she, with, through that demon, was actually pretty successful in telling uh, people's futures. Or, and it says this, she, uh, and then she earned a lot of money, all right? And so she followed Paul, the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Now, why would Paul do that? She was actually, this demon was actually telling the truth. Why would Paul cast the demon out? You know why? Because he didn't want Satan, he didn't want evil to validate his ministry. And so watch this, it instantly left her. Now, I love verse 19. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged him before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered that them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into not just an outer jail cell, but the inner dungeon, and clamped their feet in the stocks. You know, Paul and Silas... Please understand they've done nothing wrong. They've only followed what the Lord Jesus Christ has asked. And they end up not in the outer prison, so they're beaten. They're in the inner dungeon. You know what the inner dungeon is? It's black. No light. It's dark. It's dank. There's rats. It's rat-infested feces, urine smell, and they're in stocks. Now watch what happens, though. I love this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. What do you think those prisoners were waiting to hear? See, they were waiting for Paul and Silas, like everyone else, to start swearing and being angry and complaining and bickering and bellyaching. But instead, they hear from the inner prison, all of a sudden they hear a medley of God's greatest hits. And you know what? I think one of the songs they heard was that, or sung was this. Let, let, let's sing it. This gives you an opportunity here. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, 
I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Now, how do you feel after that? No, no. How do you feel after that? Now look what happened in verse 26. Skip, can you put it up? And it says that suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, the jailhouse did rock. And you know what? Elvis Presley, Elvis Presley just plagiarized. Paul and Silas, their jailhouse literally rocked. Presley was just in a cheesy film. And I want you to know, when you have joy, you have freedom. No, no. When you have joy, joy always, always leads to freedom. Now, let me ask you a question. Why did Paul and Silas sing? Why did Paul and Silas sing? Was it because they had great circumstances? No, their circumstances weren't great at all. I want you to note that. They sang because they had joy. So what is joy? Well, I could give you a stodgy theological definition, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to give you a very practical definition, and here's joy. Joy is having light in your soul and not darkness and negativity. Joy is having hope in your soul, and that hopelessness that things will never change in your life. Joy is having contentment radiating throughout your soul and not unrest just bubbling beneath the surface. Joy is your soul knowing that you are loved by Papa and that you are not an orphan. And I'm going to ask you now, do you have joy? Do you really have joy? You see, Paul is saying this morning, if you truly are a believer, you can have this joy. But you say, well, how do I get it? I want this kind of joy. How do I get it? The key is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Skip, can you put it up again? He says this, always, not sometimes, you know, when things are well, always, Frank, be full of joy in the Lord. By the way, I'm a guy that struggles with depression, so He doesn't say, hey, Frank, when you're feeling good, when you're not depressed, have joy. No, I want you to see it. It's always have joy. Where? Of the Lord or in the Lord. If you have like an NIV, the not inspired version, King James version, it'll say in the Lord. That's a Pauline phrase. Paul's the only one who uses it. And you say, well, what does it mean to be in the Lord? It means that you are living, you are moving, you are having your being in the sphere of the Lord. So let me just give you an example. Let's say you want to swim. What do you have to do? If you want to swim, what do you have to do? Well, you have to get in the water, right? You you can only swim if, if, if you're in the water. Well, guess what Paul is saying? The only way you can have joy, the only way I can have joy is by being in the Lord. 
You say, well, how do I get in the Lord? I want to be in the Lord. There's only one way. Key text, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Critical text. Skip, put it up. You ought to memorize this one. He says this. Do not get drunk on wine because that leads to debauchery. That's absolutely true. But it's more than that. What Paul is saying is that drunkenness is a picture of being in the flesh. You see, when you're in the flesh, you say, well, what is in the flesh? Natural man is in the flesh. That means that you're moving in envy. You're moving in greed. You're moving in lust. You're moving in revenge. You're moving in power. You're moving in pride. You're moving in arrogance. These are the things that you're moving in. That means you are in the flesh, and that's how most people of the world are moving. They're moving in their flesh. But what, look at the contrast. But he says, instead, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. That's an imperative. That's not a suggestion. He's saying if you're a believer, you must be filled with the Spirit. But yet it's interesting. It's passive voice. Do you know what that means? In the Greek, that means that you can't do it. It must be done to you. You say, well, I don't understand. If, if it's a command, but I'm not in control, then how can I truly be filled with the Spirit? Let me explain how it works. Because it is a command. Every morning, and you might have to do more, this more than once, every morning I start out and I just say, Lord, I need you to fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. I ask that you would circumcise out any darkness, any selfishness, any bitterness, any anger, any envy, any strife, any greed, any lust. I ask that it just be rooted out now. Any, anything in me that wants my desires or goals, I ask that you root it out. And Holy Spirit, I'm just asking that you just take control of me right now. Soles of my feet to the crown of my head. And I'm not kidding. All of a sudden, you know what happens? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just takes control of me. You know how I know? There's an objective way you can know. Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23. Watch what it says here now. It's very important. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, come on, the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit has all of Frank Ray, he produces this kind of fruit in my life. He produces love, joy. Wait a minute. We'll just stop there because we're at joy. Love, joy. I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. Wow. Now see, you. down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. You see, they sang because they had joy. You don't, you don't sing because your circumstances are wonderful, but when the Holy Spirit has a hold of you, I don't care what your circumstances are. You can have joy. No, you, we need to have joy. Let me just give you a very practical illustration. There was this uh, pastor, and uh, he was 82 years old. He had been a pastor for 50 years, and he got skin cancer on the face. And he had to have 15 operations to deal with that skin cancer. And by the time they got done with those operations, his, his face was in tremendous pain. But more than that, his face was tremendously disfigured. 
so disfigured, in fact, he was embarrassed to go outside. And so, of course, he became depressed. And one day someone gave him a book. I think it was a fellow pastor gave him a book. The book was entitled, You Gotta Keep Dancing. Skip, can you put it up? It's written by Tim Hansel. Now, Tim Hansel's kind of an interesting guy because he's an outdoors guy. He's a, you know, he's a man's man, and he liked climbing mountains. And one day he was climbing a mountain. He fell 100 feet, survived. But his body was just racked, especially his back was really messed up. He saw doctor after doctor. He saw surgeon after surgeon, operation after operation. He even went to healing meetings. He was a very strong Christian. He went to this healing meeting and to that healing meeting and no healing. And One day he was just crying out to the Lord. I mean, he was broken. He wasn't just broken physically. He was, he was broken. You ever been just broken? And he cried out. He said, Lord, I'm in chronic pain. Help me. And he said, he had a Holy Spirit moment. He said, the Holy Spirit just impressed upon him that he was not going to heal him physically. But he said, I'm going to give you two promises, Tim. The first one is my grace will be sufficient for you. The first one is my grace will be sufficient for you. The second one is this. You can have joy. I can give you joy in the midst of your pain. Now, here's the amazing thing. Hansel faith grabbed hold of what that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit told him, that inner impression. And all of a sudden, he just began to experience joy. Now, this 82-year-old pastor was reading this, and he, and he said, I, he threw the book. He goes, that's just a bunch of bunk. That's just not possible. And he continued on being miserable. It's a choice you can make, by the way. I'm going to tell you, it was about choice. You can choose to be miserable. He, he, he was choosing to be miserable. And then he was doing his devotionals one day, and he read John chapter 15 and verse 11, and, and it says this. Here's what he read. Skip, can you put it up? I have told you these things, this is Jesus speaking, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy. Well, it's overflowing in your guys' lives. Woo! You guys are smoking this morning. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy. It can overflow. No, no. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went on for this pastor. And he goes, wow, it's a gift. I, I can really have joy. The Lord wants me to have joy. So he got down on his hands and knees, literally got down on his hands and knees. And he said, Lord, Give it to me. Give it to me. And he said it's as if the heavens opened up and a chunk of joy was just implanted within his soul. And you know what this guy said? He goes, it's like I got born again. He said it was just like I got born again. Now let me tell you something about joy, though. You know what, you know what the thing about joy is? Joy can't stay cooped up. Can't stay cooped up. Joy does one other thing. Verse 5, Skip, can you put it up? Philippians 4, 5 says this. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. And remember, the Lord is near. In other words, it shouldn't say coming soon. The Lord is near. He's with you. He's the one that's giving you the joy. So that that word considerate in the Greek is an interesting word. Because if you have, you know, various translations will translate that word various ways. You know how one, one guy translated it? which is a fair translation. He translated, everyone see the sweetness of your spirit. Isn't that amazing? If you've ever had joy, one of the things that happens, you have a sweetness 
of spirit. So when you have joy, you can't stay cooped up. So see, this pastor, as much as he wanted to stay cooped up, his face is still disfigured, but he has joy. But he, he doesn't want to just stay in you. You want others to experience it. And he has a sweetness in his soul now. So you know what he does? He goes to a restaurant. He goes to a restaurant. He sits down in the booth, and he's beaming. <laughs> and this waitress comes up to him and says, Wow, you're bubbly. What happened? Is it your birthday? <laughs> the pastor goes, No, much better than that. Well, did you win the lottery? No, he goes, it's much better than that. Well, tell me, what do you got? He goes, I got the joy of Jesus. No, no. And then, then he asks the waitress, he goes, do you got that joy? She goes, no, I got to work on Sundays. I love that. I, I, I got to work on Sundays. You know, I'm just going to choose to be miserable and frumpy and grumpy and look like I'm sucking on lemons. And you know what? But we can laugh at that waitress, but... What about us? No, no, I'm going to ask. What about us? What do people see when they look at us? John Piper. John Piper is a well-known pastor. He's retired now. He's written many books and theologians, and he wrote these words. For the Christian to not live in joy is a sin. For the Christian to not live in joy is a sin. It is dis honoring to Jesus. Dishonoring to Jesus. Wow. You say, that's harsh. Is it? Is it? Skip, can you put that picture up again? What's, what's harsh? No, no, no. I don't think there's a person here that wants to give Jesus a black eye. But see, if I go walking around looking like that's like I'm sucking on lemons and so do you. See, we're the lousiest advertisement possible for Jesus and his church. You know, the challenge this morning is very simple. Do you have joy? Honestly, do you have joy? Do I have joy? There's only two reasons why you will not have joy. The first reason is this, that you just truly are not born again. You see, you have to be in the Lord to have joy. And so, if you haven't come to a point in your life where you really recognize that Jesus Christ, very God, 2,000 years ago, jumped into human skin. And, you know, we, we were at the Jesus Soda Survey yesterday. We, we were up in beautiful Saratoga, you know, uh, the, 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 the center, and it was Comic-Con. You know what that is? It's all these people. I mean, you have never seen so many weird people in your life. And I was going... What are they going to think about a bunch of born-again people up there, you know? Uh, and it, it was an amazing thing. But you know what I found? That was our best day yet. No, no. It was our best day yet. You say, why was it our best day? Because, you see, these people were empty. They got all these costumes on. And they were, and they were coming to the table. I mean, they were just coming wave after wave. They were coming to the table. Because you know the one thing they didn't have? You can read all the comics you want. Comics don't give you joy. And we were telling him, you know what? God loves you. Your creator loves you. So much that he died for you, paid the price for your sin so that you could be connected with Papa. And you can have the Holy Spirit. You can have joy. We had people accept Christ right there. Right there. Praying right there in Comic-Con. That's one reason why you might not have joy. There's a second reason. You say, well, I am born again. That's great. 
But you know what? The Holy Spirit's the key. And so many of us violate 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Skip, can you put that up? Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not stifle. The Greek word is do not stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you see, when I choose to sin and I, I do it, I sinned. And you know what? Oh, man, it's painful. All of a sudden, I just have this, just this emptiness. And God just seems so far away. That's why I'm just quick to repent. Selfishly, I'm, I'm quick to repent. Because I want the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is life. And maybe you truly are born again, but you've, you've said no to the Holy Spirit at some point, or you're in sin. We're going to sing a last song so the worship team can make their way up here. And, you know, I'm going to challenge you as they're making their way up with David's words. King David, so many thousands of years ago, he said this in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along in the path of everlasting life. You know, there's no better time than right now. Why choose? Why choose to be sucking on lemons? I mean, that's the way the world looks. You ever gone to New York City? No, they, they, there's like automatons. They walk into, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 Subway system, and I mean, and they just all look like they've been sucking on lemons. I, I remember doing that, I was thinking, wow, why do that? See, that's a choice, but you don't have to choose it. See, the choice, if you're a believer, is you can choose joy. You can choose joy and make a difference. Lord, as we sing this last song, I just ask that we would really take this message seriously. So many of us just miss life and we're just complaining. Well, the circumstance isn't right. My, my, my job's horrible. I'm, I'm not able to get the house that I want. I don't have a spouse. I, I don't like my spouse. My kids are a pain in the gluteus maximus. And we just keep on going down the line and Satan loves it and he'll give us more reasons to hate our circumstances, and we get further and further down in the hole of despair and discouragement. And that's right where he wants us. And I just ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you'd begin to move. Breathe a fresh faith within us to believe what we just heard this morning in your word, that if I'm a born-again believer, I can choose life. I can choose joy. And begin to really enjoy what you've given me. I pray that for every single person here. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.